Your clothes need a detergent as active as you are. Wynn's sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from your workout wearer so it feels, and perhaps more importantly, smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Wynn products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dibbity McDowell. How are you doing today, Sarah? I am good. I had an exciting running weekend, Dimity, because I did the 15-minute test that you need to do when you start one of our heart and soul programs in Train Like a Mother Club. Nice, nice. How'd it go? Yeah. So because that program for me for Missoula Marathon starts on February 10th, but you and I are going to be at Rancho La Puerta. So I thought it was better to do it before I left. So it was, it was good. It wasn't as, um, uh, gosh, I can't even find a word for it. It wasn't as treacherous um, or (laughs) scary, painful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was manageable. It was manageable. Manageable. Good. Good. Yes. So Molly and I did it um, at the same time. Did you do it at a track or? We did it at a track. And Uh so we, uh, Molly lives a third of a mile west of me. And so I ran to her house and then I had us do glute activation, the lunge matrix that we've talked about before on the show. And then we ran, gosh, to the high school track. It's probably from her house, maybe almost close to a mile. So had a good warm up beforehand. It was raining and it was windier than typical in Portland, but it wasn't wind that was really slowing us down. Okay. So, um, and so I didn't want us running side by side and Molly was ready to go ahead of me. I had a little issue with my music. So she started ahead of me and I just, I, um, at one point on one of the straightaways, I noticed kind of where I was in relation to her. And then for the, probably the final third, she seemed to be um, getting ahead of me. And I didn't look, I rarely ever looked at my watch. I mean, I guess I looked, the only time I looked at my watch actually was when it beeped for a mile. So I could see what my mile time was. And so it turns out that, and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going really steady. So I'm not going to worry about it. And I'd had a really, really good daily calm that morning. The, it, and it was about feelings versus perception. Okay. And to not get overwhelmed by your feelings. And so I definitely, during it, I told myself, yes, this is challenging, but it's supposed to be challenging. So yes. I'm, I must be doing it right. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was, a, I felt good. And the night before, so I haven't done speed work since forever, um, since probably uh, training for my last marathon, which was, I ran out marathon in October, 2017. So 2017, is that right? Yeah, I think that is right. And so anyway, so no speed work. So I told myself that if I averaged, if I could go under eight 30 minute miles, I'd be really pleased. And my Average. My first mile was eight eleven, and my average was eight twelve. 
but you were very steady. Very steady. Yeah. That is awesome. Good job. Good yeah. job. All right. And you got yeah. your zones and everything calculated? So I did. I got my zones calculated. So my um, my average heart rate was 148 and my max, I think, was 160, 166, 160, I think. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So it was... It was good. And it turns out that Molly indeed did. Um, she sped up quite a bit in her um, final kind of half. And although she said she, she didn't realize she was doing it because she was like, wow, I'm really flagging here. I got to pick things up because she felt like she was slowing down. So because her uh, mile time for the first, well, the only full mile was 836, but then her average for across the 15 minutes was 822. Ah, so nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good job, yeah. you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll yeah. take I'll take your sense of calm. We're doing um at uh the at the bike class that I go to on Thursday mornings. Um the teacher or the instructor, coach, I guess you would call it, just like casually like, drop. She's like, Yeah, and we're doing your FTP test um next Thursday. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so that's um, I mean, it's similar, right? It's it's mm. basically to to get, you know, to get you into a place where you can train at the zone at, at the places that make sense for you, right? That mm, give you mm-hmm. the most um efficiency with your training. But it is um it's 10 minutes all out. Um Ooh. I think you get a 10 minute break and then you go 10 minutes all out again. Ooh. And um it's been a long time since I've done that. <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> I will say there's a lot to be said like having Molly there. Um, yeah. And being in a group situation, it is, you know, if you can do those kind of workouts, even if you, um, you know, are not, you know, at the head of the pack or whatever, but doing them with friends or doing it with a track club or whatever at the track, it just helps so much because yeah. Yeah. I mean, even this past Thursday, we did these, um, oh, like six by two minutes um, at pretty, like it was above threshold pace and, mm. you know, by yourself. I mean, I would have done it by myself. I would have, you know, I'm, I, I very rarely do I let myself off the hook on a workout that has, you know, specific things that mm-hmm. need to be accomplished, need to be completed, but mm-hmm. you know, you just do better, right? You just do better when you know that everyone else is hurting, but they're still going. So you're going to do the same thing, you know? Right. Well, and also you don't, you don't want to wimp out and seemingly wimp out in front of other people. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like, Oh, Oh, I got a side stitch. I'm going to sit this one out. You know? <laughs> uh, and then, so, and it started, it did start raining pretty hard during it, which is, I know everybody's like, well, it's Portland. Of course it was raining, but to rain hard is unusual here. And there was a coach there who had an umbrella, which is just not Portland at all. And he had a Bowerman track club jacket on. And he was there with three athletes who looked very spiffy. And so, um, Molly and I went running afterwards and she was like, yeah, those were pro athletes. And I was like, really? And so that's kind of, there exciting. you go. There's a little incentive for you. Yeah, and then it was so funny because then Molly used a porta potty afterwards. So I'm standing that on the track waiting for her. And um, there were two men and one female athlete. And when the woman came up, I go, good job. And so then when Molly tells me like, yeah, I think they're pro. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just what an idiot to be like, Hey, good job, pro runner. <laughs> uh, no, I bet you she appreciated it. I, I mean, any, any compliment said, is a good compliment. She said thank you, but I just after she's on me doing, she's probably like, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm glad to have that in the bank. So good luck nice. on your good luck on your test this. Hey, year. thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'll let yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, our first question comes from Jess in Pittsburgh. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Jess, and I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have a question that is kind of related to the Christmas holiday season because Santa brought me some yak tracks 
and I'm just wondering if you have some thoughts about the best time to use them. We get ice and snow and uh, all kinds of weird weather here, and I know that they will be very useful to me, but I wasn't sure if they are best used just on a trail or if you can use them on the road on the day of a fresh snow or if it's best to use them sparingly. Any thoughts you have would be great. Thank you so much. Bye. So I included this question because we got several questions about yak tracks. So I decided inquiring minds want to know, Dimity. Nice, nice. Well, so yak tracks are in kind of a family of um, stability things that you can put on the bottom of your shoes that help you not bite it when you hit ice or snow or anything. Um, they also, other things under this umbrella, like Cthulhu nanospikes, stabilizers, um, you can even do um, what, what they're called screw shoes. If you yes. like um, <laughs> Google screw shoes, they'll show DIY. you how to do it. Yeah. DIY. Yeah. So they basically tell you how to um, put little screws in the bottom of your like regular running shoes. So it gives you a little bit of extra traction. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of extra traction, I've got two dogs in here about that are about to start to wrestle. So um, if you hear that, that's not me um, <laughs> with my collar on. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's what they are. And you can use them pretty much anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. It, definitely, definitely, Jess, you can use them on the road and there's no need to limit your use. You know, I am sure there are people who are in Alaska, Minnesota, Michigan, anywhere where they get a lot of white snowy or icy precipitation who wear them for months on end if the, in the winter if they choose to run outside. So I know, uh, Dim, it turns out, we, as we learned right before we went on air, that you and I both run in Catula Nanospikes. And I mean, I'm always just surprised by how little they change my stride or interfere with my running. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like you're running on you know, a, a hundred little high heels. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now you definitely don't feel them. I mean, kind of a good rule of thumb is that the lower the profile, the less they're going to interfere. Like, um, yak tracks are coils. So those are, I mean, they're probably like a third of an inch thick or maybe not even that thick, but, but they're different than the nano spikes, which are, you know, two centimeters or less than that, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're, um, you just want to make sure, like, I, I definitely know this a difference between the two. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, um, especially if you have like hot spots on the bottom of your feet, like um, I mm -hmm. do at times, you know, if you have like an aroma or um, some other issues that you feel, you know, with long runs, um, you might feel a little bit more tenderness or hot spot there. I mean, when I, I used um, the nano spikes a lot when I was training <laughs> back in the, got it forever ago um, for the, when I was going to, hopefully do the superior 50k mm -hmm. um and so i would take them to the trail and um take them on and off as i needed them you know down oh. at the bottom i would um have them on because it was often icy and then as i got higher and higher elevation it would um be drier for whatever reason i know it mm -hmm. kind of sounds uh like it should be the other way around but it but it was just um it's kind of a, a factor of the shade and and um kind of the the nature of or the the trail so yeah that's what i was gonna say it probably was exposed to more sunshine given that it's colorado so maybe some of the ice and stuff had melted because i know your accident where you fell and broke your wrist happened but i didn't have anything on my feet yeah there. right didn't have anything there but you're <laughs> but you're also close to the trailhead and i know i remember you saying you were in the shade so that yes it yes up. yeah that was yeah, a yeah. valley yeah 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 so um and i have found here in portland frozen fog is a thing and i had always kind of fancied that maybe it was just a portland thing but then Michelle, who's a mother runner in Rhode Island, she posted, she did, I think, a 17-mile run on Saturday, and she was saying how there was a lot of frozen fog during that. And so frozen fog, there's, there's, not, a, there's not much under your 
feet. It's not like you have this big blanket of snow. And so, but even with that, um, nano spikes can be helpful because it just gives that grip, that traction that it's almost like a little, little tiny nail, you know, fingernails or something yeah, underneath, yeah. underneath your foot that, that grips into it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah. Have fun with those. Good. They did. It's a good, it's another excuse buster, right? Um, you're like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Outside. Nope. Just load up the bottom of your shoes and go, sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So th- this next question comes from Cindy in southeastern Minnesota. Hi, this is Cindy calling from southeastern Minnesota at about whatever below zero today. I am in the midst or getting ready to train for my first half. And I have always been a I don't drink anything until the end of the run girl. Um, and I don't know what to do as far as hydration um, for this half. Um, the half is at the uh, beginning of May, so hopefully this will uh, get to you before that time with some ideas. I started fueling, um, so I know some fuel that will work, but I just don't know what to do as far as hydration. Thanks, ladies. Love the show. So first of all, Cindy, I love that we love that you're thinking ahead um, and thinking about your hydration prior to your um, half marathon date in May, so kudos for that. Yep, yep. So you can stick with water, but you know, you may have heard that we at AMR prefer noon electrolyte replacement tablets so that in addition to getting that fluid into your body, you're also replacing the electrolytes, the sodium, calcium, magnesium, and potassium that your body sweats out when you perspire. Plus it makes your water taste good. Therefore you're more likely to drink it. And so I drink noon sport, and I know you do too, which does not have carbohydrates Mm -hmm. in it. Um, and that means no calories really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I figure since Cindy has her nutrition plan dialed, she doesn't need to double down on the carbohydrates. So noon sport gives you those electrolytes without putting any carbohydrates into. Exactly. And so as far as hydration, I mean, it's kind of, it's not just a running thing, right? It's really something you have to pay attention to for 24 hours or all the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, a good way to know if you're hydrated is to, of course, check your pee in the toilet should be kind of a light yellow, right? If it's, if you can mm-hmm. smell it, if it looks more like a yield sign, you need to just drink. Um, and that's going to happen, you know, um, after a run, like even if you hydrate during the run, you're going to probably have more concentrated pee. That's okay. Just means that you need to, you know, kind of up your hydration after the run so that you're ready for your next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as drinking on the run, I mean, you know, yes, we can give general guidelines, but you, it really, you can get into trouble because of, everything affects your, um, how much hydration you need. I mean, everybody has individual sweat rates, the temperature outside, your fitness level, your genetics. Um, and you know, a, a couple years ago, it was a big hyper, hyponatremia was a big thing, mm-hmm. um, which is when you're drinking way too much and the salt levels in your, um, in your plasma get too low and it gets into very scary territory. So I'm, we're kind of loathe to give like, Hey, you know, drink 10 ounces per hour or whatever like that, because, but basically like a good idea is just to take little sips, you know, especially if you don't drink much at all right now, mm-hmm. you know, just take it, you know, take a bottle of noon with you, take little sips along the way, take it when you take in fuel. I mean, it mm-hmm. helps that to go down and then mm-hmm. kind of see how you feel and adjust from there. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of, you know, kind of nebulous advice, but really like if you can pay attention to your pee and you can head out prior and it's pretty clear, and then you come back and you notice that it's not so clear anymore, like pick it up some more, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Great advice. Great advice. And I like to just kind of top out the system before I head out the door. So I 
put one noon tablet in 24 ounces of water and that's more watered down than some people drink it but that i down that entire thing right before i head out the door for my morning runs because i just um just don't like getting out there and feeling thirsty and on a you know i don't know five six mile run in the morning i don't take water with me and so i just like feeling that i'm really starting out to run um, with that. Do you not feel a little sloshy right before you go? I do not. I do not. No. Wow. Uh -uh. Okay. Yeah. And I've I never, can... yeah, the idea of like downing water, but right before I go on a run doesn't feel awesome to me, but I, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I sometimes take it out on the back porch so that while I'm trying to get the, you know, GPS signal on my, on my watch, you know, I um, multitask and I drink my noon out there. So, yeah. yeah. And just a, like a quick example, I, I realized bike riding and running are two separate things, but you know, um, just as far as the temperature influencing you, like yesterday it was 70 here in Denver um, and Grant and I went for a bike ride right now. It's about 20 and, and almost blizzarding. So <laughs> welcome to winter in, in February in Colorado. But um, I took two, two big water bottles, not the smaller ones, but the bigger ones on my bike mm -hmm. um, and barely, I mean, I kind of had to force myself to, to drink because it just wasn't mm. thirsty. Like it just, you know, it wasn't one of those hot, I wasn't sweating so much. Mm -hmm. But if I were to do that ride in June, mm -hmm. you know, I would probably have finished both of them by mm -hmm. halfway through the ride. You know, you mm -hmm. kind of drink to thirst on the mm -hmm. run. But again, mm -hmm. like start, try it, but don't, you know, don't force a certain amount to be done by the end. One of the questions we often get asked is, how do I get the stink out of my workout wear? We hear you, mother runner. After we work up a sweat, our athletic gear can reek, but stink be gone, we've found a solution. Wind Sports Detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to Win is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It's cruel irony that the very properties that allow synthetic fabrics to wick away moisture cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consume these oils, they create gases which give synthetics that telltale <clears throat> sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in win separate oils from synthetics. These oil removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing oils, win makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, win makes your apparel wick better and last longer and it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. Dimity uses it on her daughter's volleyball pads, and we both use it on the covers of our dog beds. Wind stops stink in its tracks. Starting this month, a 1.5 ounce sample of Win is included in every order from our Mother Runner store. And you can save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMR go win. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. All right. Uh, going further north, this is from Michelle in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Hi, ladies. This is Michelle from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I'm a mother runner to three kids, ages 9, 7, and 5. I'm planning to start your half marathon training plan in the new year, and my mileage has significantly dropped over the winter with me mostly running indoors. During the summer months, I was easily running 25-ish miles per week, but now I'm really down to more like 10 miles a week, and your training program starts quite a bit higher than that. Should I start upping my mileage before I jump into the training plan, or will I be okay to jump to that mileage since I have done that mileage in the past? I don't want to injure myself 
but I also want to be realistic of where I'm at in the winter months and not run too many miles on the treadmill. Thanks. Nice. So I love that. God, we got a lot of, got a lot of proactive planners here. Very, <laughs> <Right>? very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you know, first of all, those are guidelines, right? The weekly mileage prior to your um, starting a plan are, are just recommendations, mm-hmm. but there is some truth to being close to that first week and every, um, to that mileage that you're going to do the first week. So mm-hmm. every plan in our, every program in the Train Like a Mother Club has a little snapshot of the first week and mm-hmm. what we call the peak week, right? I used mm-hmm. to call it the worst week and people were like, don't call it that. <laughs> in my mind, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's the hardest week, right? So the, the peak week is, is a little bit more positive. I like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, okay. um, so we changed it. So anyway, so the first week, so I went and looked at a couple of the half marathon programs and some of them are like 17 miles um, the first week or you know, depending upon the, the level, um, whether you're like looking to crush the half marathon, run, walk it, but you want to be within spitting distance of that mm. bottom mileage. And, and some of the weeks have, you know, say 17 miles to 20 miles because there's an optional three mile run during that yep. week. So yep. I would want you to be um, not necessarily at 17, but at 15, 14 <laughs> for, you know, three or four weeks. And, and feeling good because the other thing that, that um, jumping on a training plan does, I know being on the treadmill might not be the exact way you want to do it, but you are going to be running, you know, four days a week on most mm-hmm. of the plans, right? So you got to have your body ready for that because if you come in and you say, I'm only running, t- you know, twice, so you're doing twice a week, five miles at a time on the treadmill to go from twice to four and, and maintain it for and have it get increasingly progressively harder Mm-hmm. is going to potentially set you up for injury. So mm-hmm. we want to get you at a baseline. You don't have to do anything hard. You don't have to do speed work. You don't have to do a long run necessarily, but you do need to have um, pretty close to that first week mileage if you want to mm-hmm. just make sure that you're coming in um, in the best place possible. Yeah. Yeah. And you also talking about jumping up from maybe two running workouts a week to four. I also think it helps if your uh, schedule is kind of accommodating you know, so that you don't have to suddenly switch your entire, oh, now I have to wake up this much earlier and I have to take a later train and, you know, all this type of stuff so that that hopefully it's not going to be this radical shift when, when you jump onto a training and that it can kind of ease in with the mileage as well as the um, not making a ton of changes to your life. Perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, minimize the, minimize the disruption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, this final question is from Becky in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Becky from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I am a mother runner with two active teens. Um, I have a question about turmeric and tart cherry. Um, I've been having some tendonitis issues and have a calcification, and my um, doctor recommended those things. I know you've discussed the turmeric on the show before, but I was just wondering if you could give me some info on it. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. So, oh, so, so the, <laughs> we are rushing to say each say that uh, we want to say that we are not doctors. We don't play doctors on television. No, none of those things. I mean, you know, in my previous life, I might have been Anthony Edwards on uh, ER, but you know, um, you can be George my pre- Clooney. I was going to say my previous life, I used to sleep with George Clooney, but you know, oh, hey. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, but, and also, you know, I hope that the, we hope that the doctor also had maybe some other practical things, going to physical therapy to work on the tendonitis or exercises and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, those, both of the things, tart cherry juice and turmeric 
um, are uh, good natural supplements that reduce um, inflammation in, mm-hmm. in your body, but you have to take, you know, you have to be pretty uh, diligent about dosing and um, consistency, you know? Mm. Um, so, but you want to back up. I mean, people, I think most people know what turmeric is, but yeah, just, um, just in case not that, so um, turmeric said it's a deep yellow root that can be used as both a spice and an herb, especially in Indian cuisine. It's what gives curry its signature yellow color. And so you can take it in powdered or in fresh form. And so in fresh form, that's the when it's going to turn your hands a um, almost an orangey color. You know, that's what you can put in smoothies. I know that a lot of, you know, um, the uh, recipe, the smoothie recipes, like in Shalane Flanagan's cookbook have turmeric in it, fresh turmeric in it, um, you know, or you could be cooking with it, adding it to different recipes with the dried version. Um, sure. Um, yeah. I know Ellie and, and a bunch of her bunch of people really are fans of a thing called golden milk, which is oh, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a hot chocolate alternative. It's <laughs> minus super the marshmallows. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, so tasty. Oh my gosh. There's a place out here, a coffee, a tea house that makes that. And oh, I love it. It's so tasty. Yeah. But you, pro- but again, like, you know, if we're looking to like, really like make a difference in the tendonitis, like, do you need to drink three golden milk lattes a day? Because <laughs> if so, like, like you need to have that information. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and you need a short term more uh, loan or something <laughs> like that. Short term loan. Yeah. And in addition to that, <laughs> Dr. Bills. Um, and then uh, sp- speaking of which tart cherry juice, um, awesome, but kind of, it's kind of like pomegranate juice is super expensive in concentrated natural form. Um, you know, it's one of the, it's definitely a natural sleep aid. I know that, um, we talk about like that a lot in, um, simply nurse, like a mother and other, um, places where people ask about sleep is taking a shot of that before sleep. It also does have some, um, inflammation, anti-inflammatory properties that we've found, um, on, you know, government websites like PubMed. So it's definitely, um, not, not, uh, like snake oil or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you definitely, again, like, you know, I hope it's, it's part, it should be a course, a part of the course of your treatment. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. The, the, the my concern when I heard this question, I was like, whoa, it, what type of doctor just said, oh yeah, for tendonitis and calcification, take turmeric and tart cherry. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So that, um, you know, we hope it's just, as Tim said, just part of a course of, of treatment for those, um, ailments, but you know, um, turmeric and tart cherry are both things that, um, as Dim pointed out, our dietitian in our Simply Nourish Like a Mother and other nutrition programs, she's um, a fan of those, especially turmeric. So those are things we can get behind, but, you know, look at the, um, for instance, tart cherry that, you know, when I first heard about on the podcast a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, okay. And I went and looked at it and you see it at the supermarket and there are tart cherry juices and they have, then you read the fine print. It's like, oh, you know, 5% of actual tart cherry juice. And what you want is the 100% one. And that's the one that a jar of that is, you know, going to set you back quite a pretty penny. So um, noon rest, going back to noon, um, that's a type of noon that you take drink before bedtime in much um, smaller doses than you drink. You still put a tablet in, but you use far less water in the hopes that you don't wake up a ton of times to pee, but that helps you relax and sleep better. And so tart cherry is one of the ingredients, tart cherry extract is one of the ingredients in noon rest. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, these were good questions. I loved them. And we're still, you know, we still got the belly of February to go through and March, and then we're coming into racing season. So looking for questions of all stripes, um, give us a call at 470-BADASS-1, 470-223-2771. 
leave your first name and where you're calling from, keeping your message to about 70 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And please tell your friends about this show as well as Dim's new show, AMR Trains, and then the regular Another Mother Runner podcast that comes to you every Friday. We love doing these shows and the more listeners we have, the easier it is for us to keep doing them. So it's this self-perpetuating cycle. So Exactly. So keep those questions coming because we are always here with answers and a shot of tart cherry juice to chase them down. <laughs> and a dog or two. <laughs> <laughs> and Banjo's excited about that tart cherry juice. <laughs>